How's it going, Chris? Hey, Mike. What's up, buddy? Hey, man. I won't keep you too long. Want to talk about the album and get your opinion on a couple things. And we got to start off by talking about this uh, crazy pandemic. And, and I imagine you guys were in tour rehearsal when the lockdown came in. The weirdest part of it was we were getting ready to leave. I had been watching the news and, like, you know, following it, and I knew something was happening. I was talking with Maria, like, probably two weeks prior to everything stopping, you know? And I'm just telling her it's crazy because it feels like we're moving forward towards starting our tour. We're getting on a plane in a few days to fly to, and it feels like we're, we're going into this crazy scenario where we're going to get there, and then who knows what's going to happen. We were just so, like, up in the air, and I just, I got a feeling something was going to happen. So it was like we were just following the motions of getting ready to leave and literally, stopped like the day before I was getting ready to get on the plane to fly to Nashville to start rehearsal so and you know you can't really do anything I, I knew something was happening it didn't feel right but we just had to kind of wait for the government to say you know like this is bad we gotta stop everything right now you know that's kind of what happened and now here we are I guess in the end lucky that you were already at home rather than you know having gone out to Nashville and then having to fly back with all the craziness and exactly. who knows what on the airplane we, and there were a lot of bands out there that were stuck in, in Europe and different places in the country and stuff like that. I was, I was happy we weren't in that situation, but we almost were. You know, it got close. <laughs> I just talked to uh, Chuck Billy about a month ago. Look at he, he actually got it and came back and, you know, got it from Europe and Dude. came back and went through the whole deal. But also curious, too, with you being at home all this time, like, ha- have you learned a new hobby? You've been playing guitar, writing music. Have you picked up the kazoo or like for myself, like I, I started doing <laughs> yoga at home. Have you done anything or are you just just uh, working on the beer belly? Well, I'm, do well, that's happening. You know, the whole like <laughs> transition from Coffee and booze every day is a is a reality, <laughs> but I'm trying to like not just be a complete you know piece of crap. I'm trying to like you know get outside and do stuff. And we've been working on the yard a lot. I play video games. I have been playing guitar, and you know just trying to try to keep busy and you know spending time with my wife. It's basically my wife and I are in you know quarantine together. Luckily, I have her. You know, but we've been pretty much cut off from our whole family. And the band all lives in different areas, and you know, we all talk and stuff. But I haven't actually seen anybody in person in, in a while. <laughs> you know. Wow. Uh, you still in L.A.? I'm in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah, so close to L.A., yeah. What are you drinking? What's What's been the drink of choice during the quarantine? Is it craft beer or cocktails? <laughs> what do you into? It's cocktails. I've been uh, kind of trying different vodkas, and I think I've settled on uh, Tito's. It's my favorite, you know, ah. of, the, of the varieties out there. <laughs> I play a lot of video games, too, man. I've been playing a, a video game called Destiny for a long time. I have a, a large clan of people that play it, you know, together. And so I do that, you know, that's like hanging with the boys, you know, several times a week, and you know, that's a lot of fun. Killer. Well, you know, obviously we got to talk about this new album. At least the album came out. We did get it. Album number seven, Mother. And curious, always, you know, going into an album, I imagine there's some sort of mindset or, or quote unquote mission statement. Was there one specifically for this time around with Mother? Yeah, I mean, Mother was kind of weird, too, because we had had it finished last year. You know, towards the beginning of the year, it was done. And we left the studio and we started working on the video for the in-between. And the video took a little bit longer to kind of put together. And we were in mid-tour. You know, this is like the beginning of, of last year, you know. And for whatever reason, the album just kept getting pushed. You know, a little bit later, it was going to be in the summer. And then it was going to be in the fall. And we had all these tours going. And then when it came to the fall, it was like, let's just wait till, you know, the beginning of next year. Let's make more sense. So we basically spent a full year touring with the album already done, which put us in a kind of a weird spot, you know? Wow. The whole plan was to take a couple months break, two or three months break over the holidays, and then come out with the video, a brand new big tour with Black Bell Brides. We changed our whole stage up again. So really, the beginning of 2020 was going to be the big push for Mother. And, it, you know, the album came out and then everything happened and here we are, you know what I mean? We didn't really get to tour on it yet. So it's kind of a weird place to be, you know? The album's out, the video's out, they both did really well. People seem to be really liking it. We're trying to push, you know, the songs and the album 
home from our socials and stuff like that, but we're really not out on the ground promoting it. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird vibe. We were talking about our next single and stuff, and we're going to try to do videos without actually being together, you know, because we're not together right now. We all live in different areas, so we can't just get together at the warehouse. You right. Know I mean, type thing. So I don't even know what's going to happen. You know, we're still, we have a whole tour booked, you know, for the beginning of the year, which got pushed. And then we moved everything to July and August. And that's probably not going to happen. I mean, I haven't got a full, it's not going to happen, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And then we also have, we had have, we have a whole other tour booked for September and October that's still on the books. It's ready to go. But, you know, honestly, it's not looking good. Like people are still hanging on to like, it's probably going to happen. But when you look at the science or what's going on with reopening other parts of the economy and stuff, it just seems like we're going to be the very, very last ones. And I think a lot of, a lot of artists are starting to go, you know what, let's just start rebooking everything for 2021. And I'm starting to see a lot of that stuff popping up now. Yeah, that's what it feels like is going to happen at this point. Yeah. You know, I wanted to, wanted to go through a couple uh, tracks on the uh, the new album, Mother. And, uh, the, you know, I love the, uh, the cover, Fly Like an Eagle. And I was thinking, I was like, is this what it would sound like if Trent Reznor reimagined it? Was that kind of what you were going for? Well, dude, honestly, that song, the music for that was written not to be Fly Like an Eagle. It was just written as an original song. We were working on it at Maria's, her little home studio, like probably three or four months before we even went into the studio. And we had got the whole bass track, you know, put together with the cool, you know, beat and the, the techno kind of sound and the new wave stuff. And we were just sitting down in her basement and joking around. And one of us was like, time keeps on slipping and slipping. And she was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And so she started throwing those lyrics all over the thing, like the, you know, Fly Like an Eagle song. And I'm like, Maria, no, this is a really cool original song. We, <laughs> we don't want to make this a cover, you know? We can do a cover anyway, but why would we take this great original piece of music and make it a cover? But it was just cool and different. And so we said, screw it and went with it. And that, that's how that came to be. It was complete. This music was this. And then we added those lyrics to it and it became like, wow, we can make this, you know, a completely different spin on this song. It, it is. And I love so, it. Yeah. And, and she, she sings it like a bird. And, and so that kind of leads me to my next question then. And interesting to learn. So was the We Will Rock You cover planned? That was a complete, like, lucky, you know, Hail Mary. Honestly, to me, Maria was talking about it from the very beginning of, of everything. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Because at the time, the, the Queen movie was, was a big hit, you know, and she's talking about We Will Rock You. And I'm like, first of all, it's one of the most iconic songs of all time. When you do a cover of one of those songs, you're really being risky because it's hard to redo something that's that great and make it better or anything people are really going to care that much about, you know. So I was saying, voicing that, you know, concern. And she said, well, what if we got Lizzie Hale and Taylor Momsen and myself? We all sang a verse and we did this. And I was like, okay, that would really be awesome. But <laughs> I seriously, seriously doubt you're going to be able to get these girls to all agree to come do this. You know, I'm like, but okay. And she got on the phone and did some stuff. And then they said yes. And once again, you know, this happens a lot where Maria brings up a crazy idea. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I don't just say no outright anymore because I've learned that some of these crazy ideas can be, you know, amazing. But it happened, man. And, and it is really cool. It, once once we got their vocals on there and we had Lizzie do the solo in the middle and we you know, listened to it, it's just a bombastic slap in the face. You know what I mean? You're just not expecting it. And it's, it's not the original. It's, it's definitely its own thing. But, you know, I think people are going to kind of like it. Did you have that cover first done or the tour with them? Because you guys all toured together, too. What, what happened first, the cover or the tour? Uh, the tour first. 
we were well you know what we did the cover i guess because we did the t- that, that tour in europe with them afterwards which was really really successful with uh, lizzie but we had toured them two or three times before in the states and did that big uh co-headline tour before the actual song was done we'd been friends with them and everything for a long long time even back when blood first came out we toured with Hailstorm at that point too it was another really successful tour we've we've not had an unsuccessful tour with those guys it's, <laughs> it's a really cool thing you know it's funny you're talking about all these ideas that maria comes up with and you're the you're you're the one going i don't know about that it's it's kind of ironic i almost feel like you're the mother you're the one kind of trying to be sensible and say you know i, I don't know about this and and you know being the motherly type and she's like now nah, let's go for it and then of course makes it all no, happen she's the crazy mother and i'm the like the old crotchety old man in the background <laughs> going i don't know that costs too much money you know because it's been all the way down the line she wanted to have dancers you know and the first thing in my mind was oh my god we can't pay dancers to be on the road with us and this is the craziest idea i've ever heard but you know i saw videos of her when she first started doing it and i was like oh my god this is going to be cool no one's ever seen anything like this in metal and rock and we got to do it you know and it's just stuff like that so i have learned to kind of trust some of her crazy ideas but i'm always there to you know be the old man that might be too crazy <laughs> exactly be honest with me chris when when you guys decided on the mother concept and i understand there's a kind of a concept behind it but when when you first started to put the music together be honest did, did you hear the danzig riff in your head for one second Dude, I was saying the whole time we were in the studio. But you know what? It, it's, a com- it's a completely different vibe. You know, so. yeah. I was just curious. I'm from the Danzig era. I was going to say, I was curious. Did, were you a Danzig fan or did you kind of learn about that tune from MTV? Because, you know, that's a funny tune when you stop and think about it. It was on Danzig 1, which came out in like 88, but it didn't become a hit to like 93 off of a live album. And kind of curious, were you were you a Danzig 1 fan or, or did you kind of learn about it on the MTV era and the live track? I think I learned about it more on the MTV era but that whole album at the time when he had that band together and I remember being out in LA and I moved out here from Kansas and stuff and it was played on uh, constantly all the all the songs off that there's like two or three hits off that album at the time so I kind of know him from that you know more than like the misfits and that early dancing stuff. Love it and love that tune and just had to bring up the mother thing. A couple other tunes I wanted to hit you with. Legacy and a uh, cool little uh, tasty guitar solo in that tune and a little ode to Dark Side of the Moon with that little keyboard riff in there, that little like frantic keyboard riff. Yeah. Yeah, that song is, is really, really special to us in a bunch of different ways. When the album first came about, this was in 2019, we were writing and then going to the studio to do it. And we had a two-week writing session set up in Los Angeles. Right as we were getting ready to go do it, I left from San Diego and Maria was flying from New York. Her grandfather got really sick. And for a full week, he was you know, in, in bed or whatever, and, and he was dying. And basically, Maria stayed there with him, was with him when he passed and everything. And then she missed, like, all the sessions. I did a couple of sessions without her. And then she finally flew to L.A., and she was right on the cusp of this, you know, just having seen her grandpa pass. She was like her father. My dad had passed, like, you know, six months before that. Wow. So I had that in my head, too. We went to the session with these two guys, and uh, that song popped out, you know. It started with just a kind of a keyboard, you know, the little keyboard synth thing, and then the melodies were there, and then Maria started the lyrics, and then the, the vocals. So we had pretty much like the basis of the song and the vocal and the lyrics when we left that day and it felt super special that day so when we got the studio with Kevin you know maybe a few weeks later we that was the first song we worked on and when we were working on the song Randy was supposed to be there with us and his father had had a stroke that happened wow. just super abruptly like right before he was to come with us so he was there with him for two or three weeks you know on his bedside with his dad and we were sending him Legacy because it was the only song that we had kind of gotten close to being sort of done you know we had a lot of the guitar 
cards on it, and a lot of the vocals were done and everything. So he was listening to that with his father in the hospital. And once his dad passed, you know, we still had a couple of months left on the album. So he flew to L.A. and or to Vegas, sorry, and stayed with us. And we finished the album, but we also kind of opened up the, the song and made it a little longer and injected a solo in there for, for him and his dad. And so the song Legacy just is like the super, super deep song for us, you know, because all of us were, were going through this loss and the song is about that. And so it's just kind of a, a raw, real song. The emotions of that song are real, man. Yeah, no, it comes comes through. A couple more I got to hit you with and I appreciate all the time. No problem, man. The in-between, I mean, let's go back for one album, a little, little slight nod to Billy Idol on the last album with Black Wedding and then uh, on the in-between, a little uh, slight nod to yourself and, and kind of borrowing lyrics from yourself. I guess if anyone can cover in this moment, it's you guys. Well, let me tell you about that one. We had finished the whole album. We were on the tour I was telling you about that kind of happened right after we finished. And uh, Was that the Mice and Men and Avatar tour? No, it was a little later than that. I'm trying to think of what it was. It was directly after we, we finished in the studio, but I just can't think of who we were with. Our label was like, they've been listening to it. We have a really awesome A&R guy who's really well known and you know we respect him. And he was basically like, I love all this and this could be the first single, but I'd really like, he's done it to us before too, but he's like, I'd really like for you guys to go back and do another song just one more song to see what you can come with come up with now that you're done with everything else and maria was like no i do not want to go record another song i do not want to go back to las vegas i'm not going back to las vegas and she was really upset about it and i was like you know what yes that does suck but let's, it's just a song let's just do it you know let's just try to do it so what we did was we basically did it on tour you know and we brought randy in with us um he brought his recording equipment with him you know so we could demo on the road and he came up with some ideas maria laid a scratch vocal down and she liked it we basically went and met with our producer kevin in chicago during the tour and did a two-day session there and recorded the in-between and sent it to our label and they picked that as the first single and the funny part of it is is with the lyric you know things that you're talking about yeah we did that because since we did blood and blood became such a big success you know blood the song and horror is probably our biggest song right to date you know as far as views and and, and all that stuff everyone's always like need another blood or another horror type song you know <laughs> we need something like that you know and we were hearing it from A&R, from A&R people from oh, it's always like the thing you know we just get another blood or another whore and so that's kind of where that came from in the song she's just like you know you keep wanting more with your blood and your whore and <laughs> so we that started it and then we kind of added in some other you know li- little lyrical connections from older albums in there too kind of reminds me of uh when corn did back in the day y'all want a single safe like that <laughs> yeah exactly it's exactly <laughs> like that man and, and that's that's what it is because because the you know the companies they they want they see success it works they want to get that again you know and that's how you get so many kind of copycat bands and yeah. people that are just kind of putting out stuff but it's kind of when lightning strikes and something original happens and you do a cool song that's what it's all about and you wish that could happen almost every album and sometimes it does for some bands but a lot of times it's just the right combo and the, the, the timing and lightning strikes you know yeah totally uh, one last tune I, I gotta bring up here and you know I credit myself as being a dude on blabbermouth and kind of up on the metal gossip and stuff but I was certainly late to the party for uh, Maria and Joe and I didn't even realize that the first time I heard Hunting Grounds I was just had the album album on in the background and listening to it and I went wow there's something a little uh extra special about this this tune there's something it's a little extra spice a little extra picante on this tune and and then uh, obviously <laughs> a month later I found out that they were dating and everything and was kind of curious were you in the in the recording studio for that one or did you leave the lovers be while they knocked that one out 
No, I was with them, but I wasn't like hovering over them. When we went to the to Vegas to record the album, Joe and Dead also had worked out a thing with Kevin where they were at, at the studio at the same time, and it was really cool because Maria was trying to trying to get them connected because we, we love Kevin and this the, the team he has there is so good, and we wanted to try to see what she was really curious to get see if Joe and those guys would like like working with them, and it all worked out great. So, anyways, they started doing their album at the same time. They weren't actually working with Kevin; they were working with some of his. Uh, writers and teams he had there but while we were recording Joe was there I'd say probably out of the three months you know at least a month and a half of the time he was there with us so they were hanging out and stuff and once we had the song the music kind of going for the song you know Maria and Joe were sitting together like working on lyrics and just coming up with ideas and it, it immediately became a duet you know she was wanting to do something with him and in turn she sang on a song on their album too that's that's coming out ah cool so that, that'll be something people can hear yeah I'm looking forward to that and loving the, the couple of tunes we've gotten so from their uh, Mannequin Idol and dude it's gonna be so good yeah. Yeah, their, their new record's gonna be real good you know speaking of Dead I was looking forward to see them seeing them out with you guys in Black Veil Brides and, and I was curious obviously that tour not happening I, I forgot my score sheet at home is that tour postponed or, or straight up cancelled it's still postponed and okay. we basically have that tour on docket for in the fall here if it happens and if it doesn't happen in the fall we've also we've been talking with them real close because we you know our tour was sold most of the tickets were already sold and ready to go if people were there you know they were at the shows if it was going to happen so we weren't wanting to really cancel that you know and, and unless we have to and obviously we're refunding money for anybody who doesn't want to pull out of the tickets but it's still possible that that tour could be the tour we do in uh, spring of 2021 if everything doesn't work out until then you know what I mean that's still that's still the tour that's going forward with us and Black Veil and dead awesome and I was curious you know can you put it down to one thing is there one thing that you miss about touring is it putting on the war paint or shredding or the roar of the crowd or them singing the songs back to you what, what do you miss most if you could distill it down to one thing Dude, putting on the more paint, getting ready for the show and walking up on the stage and playing the songs, man. That's it. You know, and, and I, we've been going so hard for so long and I've always been telling Maria, like, man, I wish we could just have like more than two months, like three months or five months even just to kind of get in touch with being at home and like, and now look what we have. Now I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to get back on tour. You know, I've, <laughs> I've always wanted a break, but now we have the break and it's gone a little too long and I really, really see how, I mean, I always appreciate how lucky we were but now i think everybody in the music business is really like you know don't know what you got till it's gone kind of thing and it's we're so lucky to be in the position to do this and and play in front of people and make music as our as our jobs i mean it's amazing and i'll never take it for granted man i'm so excited to get back out there and uh obviously no one has a crystal ball but what do you imagine touring to look like when it resumes and is this kind of the end of mosh pits and and meet and greets or meet and greets going to be like via zoom now or what do you what do you imagine that world to look like once the touring machine fires up again. I mean, I feel like if we wait until 2021 and give every, everything a chance to kind of catch up, like maybe we can get some kind of treatments in place and a vaccine. I think there is going to still be attempts to social distance at the concerts a little bit or create some sort of space at first. I think eventually it'll get back to normal, you know, but our band, you know, we do have mosh pits sometimes, but they have a pretty diverse fan base and they really watch a lot more than they mosh because there's so much going on to see on the stage. So I think for us particularly, we could probably make it work in seated theaters if we had to at first and things like that. I really don't know, but I do feel like there's going to be a lot of precautions taken at first and it might take a good six months to a year once it does start back up again to kind of ease back into feeling like it used to feel. You know, it might take longer than that, but it's hard to guess what the changes will be. 
What about meet and greets? Any thoughts on that? As of right now, I would say, you know, not on the meet and greet. But, you know, like I said, if there was a treatment and a vaccine in place and you know, maybe we'd do meet and greets with the mask and gloves on, you know, since you don't know who's coming or it just depends on so many things. Like if they were really doing the thing where they take people's temperatures when they come in the door so they know nobody's sick and, you know, that might be a little easier to do meet and greets. I would say meet and greets are probably going to be one of those things that's, you know, very last yeah. to come back around. Well, Chris, yeah. I appreciate all the time. Three three last questions for you and more kind of a opinion questions because I like to nerd out about okay. music. We're all rock fans anyways. But one to uh, keep it in the IE for a second. We're in Inland Empire radio station. You remember where the IE's at? You played out there several times and was kind of thinking back about that, all the times you have played. OzFest, Mayhem Fest, Riverside Municipal Auditorium uh, on that on that tour with Avatar and of Mice and Men. Is there is there any IE show that stands out to you? Whether it was that OzFest or Mayhem Fest, any any highlights, so to speak, for playing out in the IE? I mean, honestly, those festivals that you mentioned, OzFest, Mayhem Fest, and uh, Not Fest we did, that was the most recent one I think we did there. Yeah. The one that sticks out the most to me would be Mayhem Fest, and I'll tell you why. Even though they were all amazing, we had come off doing Warp Tour previous to Mayhem Fest, and Warp Tour was three months long. I think we had like a two-month break after it ended, and then we went into Mayhem, and it was like night and day. And, <laughs> and Warp Tour, it was like every man for himself, 60 tour buses all parked like two miles away from the place. You know, there's so many different bands and they weren't really a lot of metal. It was more like, you know, the emo alternative world. And we were the outcasts on Warp Tour in this moment was, and it was brutal. And once we got done with that and we went to Mayhem, you know, we pulled up the bus right behind the stage that we play. You know, there's Lamb of God giving hugs, our, our boys, you know, just such a camaraderie with metal, you know, and such a different vibe, man. And we were just like, we're home. This is the, the shiz. <laughs> and, you know, obviously all those shows there in the Inland Empire are sick. You know, but that one just stands out, man. It was such a good vibe. Yeah, I love loved that tour. And that's what I remember seeing, like, Maria doing all the costume changes back in the day. On That that was when she was still kind of doing the uh, costume changes. Yeah, that was, that was that was pre, you know, wireless microphone stuff. That was when she was still, like, headbanging, going, you know, yelling at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> getting wild. It's crazy to think, like, in, in a way, it's been, what, like a 15-year-plus marriage with you and Maria? I mean, you've been there since the beginning, with her yeah yeah it has been it's been a long long run man crazy to think it's been that long now it's awesome it is and especially you know i wasn't like i always say i wasn't really when i was growing up and wanting to be in a a band you know i was looking at kiss motley crew and rat and poison and metallica and megadeth i really wasn't looking at lita ford and you know (laughs) those kinds of bands but you know it just happened i met this amazing singer and i knew she was awesome and had something special and you know we stuck with it and made the right moves and you know lightning struck <laughs> it's crazy last couple of things for you and appreciate all the time some some more music fun i'm going to get a little bit more specific and go back to the 90s and our, our childhood and obviously it, you know we talk 80s everyone kind of encapsulate the 80s as as you know the big four of thrash metal right we had metallica megadeth slayer anthrax was the big four and me being a radio nerd i, I kind of came up with the evolution of that if that kind of signifies late 80s let's take it into the early 90s and add one to it for what i like to call the flannel five which okay isn't a tour or anything that could happen but just kind of curious your favorite your numero uno out of the bands i'm going to list for you to kind of signify okay. that time period you can see where i'm going with this nirvana pearl jam stone temple pilots alice in chains soundgarden if you had to pick just one of those bands who's your numero uno of the flannel five Alice in Chains with Lane Staley as, as vocalist would be numero uno. 
Tell me why. Tell me why. I mean, I like all those bands, obviously, but I liked Austin Chains the most because the guitars were more metal feeling and, and a little more like, I don't know, they felt more metal. And I love Lane's voice. And I love the guitar solos too. Everything seemed to be right in its spot. But I think I liked them the most of all of them because they had more of like a traditional metal leaning a little bit to them. Yeah. And then my second would be Soundgarden because they're like the next one in that metal kind of evolution, I guess. You know, I liked, I liked metal a lot when those guys hit, but. To me, Allison Chains was completely undeniably awesome. And then Soundgarden was like, oh, these guys are really good, too. And then Pearl Jim was like, oh, they're not quite metal, but those songs are really good. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Alice is my favorite of the bunch. They always seem the most metal and those like dirty, ugly guitars. And then those haunting, soaring vocal melodies with Jerry and oh, Lane together yeah, is just so good. Yeah, so crushing. And and like you, I didn't know that they weren't a metal band back in the day. I just assumed Alice yeah. and, and Soundgarden were metal bands. But that thrash tour, too, Alice Chase was opening that up. To yeah, thrash to the, the, thrash the Titans. Well, thrash to the Titans, yeah, that's it. Just have some fun. Pick a. Uh, Alice in Chains tune to play on the radio. Them bones. Love it. Nice, short, hard hit in tune. Last one. One more evolution. If that's early 90s, right? We'll take it into the more late 90s, early 2000s. Add one to it for the hell of it. For what I like to call the new metal six pack. So this is going right. to be Raging It's a Machine, Corn, Lincoln Park, Slipknot, Disturbed, System of a Down. Oof. Wow. Um, I will say Corn. Tell me why. Of all those bands, they were probably the first one I think I heard. I don't know. When I first heard their first album, it was obviously like something you'd never heard before. It was hard not to listen to it. And then when Fall of the Leader came out, man, I thought that was like, at the time, the pinnacle of that sound and Jonathan Davis's voice and the groove of the, the two guitars I felt were super innovative. You know, the way neither one of them played the same thing and they kind of blended it together just for, at that time, I think they were they were really innovative and original. And they still, still, man, Corn sounds like Corn. There's nobody like them. Yeah, and putting the 808 and like the hip hop beats in there and doing the rapping and everything really yeah. kind of took it to a new level. And pick a, a corn tune to play on the radio. Oh, let's pick their their new songs, Cold. Cold. Love that tune off the new album. Yeah, me too. Me too. Shoot, the one thing I did want to get before we go, I forgot to mention. Are you guys still doing the crew support t-shirts? Are those still available or are they all sold yeah, out? Yeah, we have them up. They're up on our site. Yeah, they're still available. Okay, cool. We'll get the word out about that as well because I know that's really important. I, know I appreciate it, man. And dude, thank you so much for the interview too, man. It's awesome. We appreciate the support. Yeah, no, thank you for the time and the tunes and uh, hopefully we'll see you out there uh, on the road sooner than later. Heck yeah, brother. Take care, man. Later, Chris. Thanks. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967 and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show. Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.